With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to another episode of Manic Mixtape on twitch.tv slash danlaw83. We are on episode five, I believe, right? Uh, let me verify that. Or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> say four. I want to say four. I want to say four, too. We didn't play it. We, we didn't know we were going to ask me to do math. Maths are bad. Let's see here. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure it's four. <laughs> Me too. Well. Yeah, we're in episode four. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, hey, hi. Welcome to Manic Mixtape, episode four. I'm leaving it all in. I know. The first of the Icon series in which we are going to be talking about everything David Bowie, the man, the myth, and the icon. So, sit down, enjoy yourself, and listen to my lovely co-host Dan and I, ooh in awe, got the glory of David Bowie. Mm. Mm. Him and Peter. Mm. That's another story for another time. (laughs) Another story for another time. I don't care. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess, um, what did you discover, David Bowie? Because it was Labyrinth for me. Um, 
Same yet not. Because I had heard a couple Bowie tracks prior to ever seeing what it looked like. Yeah. Okay? So, of course, I heard the Bowie tracks. I'm like, okay, these songs are pretty cool. These songs are very good. But regardless of the time, Bowie was not in heavy rotation at MTV. So I had never seen a Bowie video. I never knew what he looked like. It's a labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, this is what you look like. You're so dreamy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being a young kid. It's, it's really weird for me it, just to go on the labyrinth thing because it was like, as a young boy, it was like Jennifer Con- Connolly. But, you know, the Goblin King is pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> He's not so bad. Mm hmm. It's not so bad, but there's this weird gap with me where there was Labyrinth when I was really little and then kind of didn't really track with Bowie until like freshman, sophomore year of high school. And then I started listening to Bowie. My mom was like, it was my mom. My mom was like, I love David Bowie. When she was real young, she was like Space Oddity and and all that stuff. She grew Mm -hmm. up with David. She's like, I love David Bowie. I didn't know you loved David Bowie. I was like, well, it's just started. And there was this time where we drove up and down. um, We just drove around town one day when she first heard I like Bowie. And we just started playing different music uh, on like the very earliest MP3 Dell jukebox thing. But um, so cute. There was years where it disappeared because like, you know, that that. The Labyrinth was, this is a kid's movie, and it's kind of not, but it is, but it's kind of (laughs) not. And then a gap, and then high school, back on the Bowie train, where it was just like, I'll take this, I'll take that, I'll take this, I'll take everything. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, runs into the only opportunity I would have ever had to have seen him live, which was the reality tour. And uh, I don't remember the situation of why I didn't go, but I didn't go, and uh, I guess that's not happening now. You know, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember why I didn't go. And I don't remember. I have it on DVD, though. Great show. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the labyrinth for you. Yeah. I mean, I can under. Oh my god, <clears throat> this is what I get for <laughs> drinking water. I can definitely understand the lull because, like I said, I listened to this music in the before knowing what he looked like, and then you know, labyrinth happens. While I was a consistent Labyrinth fan from the minute I saw it till like this very day, as far as like even Bowie's music, it hit that lull for me. And it didn't pick back up until he started working with uh, Trent Reznor and I'm Afraid of Americans had come out because that became heavy rotation on 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, he's still making music. So then after that, it became the rabbit hole of, what did I miss? And just continued from that point on. I always have this lucky thing where when I get into something, it happens to coincide with an anniversary. So it all gets re-released like the Beatles, the short version of me getting into the Beatles is uh, no secret. Big huge Genesis, Phil Collins fan. I know, I know you're surprised, but um, we did the covers episode last week, which we never did a recap. We must recap at the end of this. Yes, we will. Um, and he does that cover of the Beatles song Tomorrow Never Knows. And I remember being at summer camp and we were going to do a lip sync contest. And 
93 or 94. And we could only use the albums that were in this package, you know, in this CD case that was at the camp. And um, Beatles Revolver was in it. I'm like, oh, I know who the Beatles are. I know that song. It's where I never know. Listen to it. And I was like, oh, oh, my. What the what is this? I must. Of course, you know, your parents are like, yeah, I remember laying on the living room when they debuted the Ed Sullivan show and blah, 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 started slowly connecting to the Beatles. But what happened was that year, I discovered the Beatles the year the Beatles anthology came out and aired on TV and Free as a Bird, their reunion single that they did from an old demo tape of John Lennon came out that year. So it all fell into place. It wasn't as massive a release because, you know, Bowie was still alive, but that year, it was either 01, 02, shortly after I rediscovered this guy, David fucking Bowie, uh, one of the compilations came out. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest hits compilation. I was like, okay. And then, you know, it was one of those things where Columbia House has all of them. <laughs> Remember that garbage organization, Columbia House? <laughs> yeah, I got suckered into that a couple times. I got suckered into so many of those. Remember arguments mm-hmm. between which movie was better, The Dark Crystal or The Labyrinth? Uh, Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth. There's, uh, you know what? I said this on Nerd Herders years ago, but there's always that you're either a Labyrinth fan or a Dark Crystal fan. You can't be a fan of both, apparently. She's Dark Crystal. Listen. <laughs> Listen to me. The Dark Crystal has only one thing against it, and that it doesn't have fucking David Bowie in it. It's the only thing that pushes Labyrinth over the top. That and it scared the shit out of me when they sucked the soul out of the kid. Fuck that movie. It gave me nightmares. Nightmares? <laughs> nightmares. Dark Crystal. I heard the series was great, but that's another discussion for another time. But anyway, yes, apparently you're not allowed to like both. Yeah. No, it, it, I'm not, that's not a rule for me. That's not a me rule. She broke that, that rule. It, it's, 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 yeah, it's a thing. Kind of like some people are like, you're either Street Fighter or you're Mortal Kombat or you're Star Trek or you're Star Wars. Like, in the fandoms, it's an it's an either. I, I broke all that rule because it's like I was also I was in the Star Trek and Star Wars fan club, and I was in the Star. By the way, people who are saying I'm not allowed to like the new Star Wars movies because I'm not a real fan, son, I was in the Star Wars fan club when you had to mail in for that. So spare me. But anyway, <laughs> I want to go back to this lip sync thing because it's it, it's a commonality we had, that we, we ended, have. We ended up doing Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. In high school, we had lip sync contests. I was a part of two of them. Oh. Second one, the second one was me and my girlfriend and two of our other friends. We performed as Whole and we did Violet. Um, but the first one I have on VHS, I have uh, to put this on yes, you do. something where I won't get copyright sued because me and my cousin and three other friends of ours. We were the Spice Girls. They and will nail did. you for a copyright strike so I fast know. if you. I know. Know. And I was posh, and it was fantastic. <laughs> well, I already tell you, I like you as posh better than posh. Oh, thank you. Um, listen, I watched just sidebar. I watched the hell out of that Spice World movie. Hell you yeah. want to know the backwards way I got into a spite the Spice World movie is because it was a mini reunion of uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah, 
in essence. <laughs> so I watched it because of that. And then it was like, oh, this is not bad. This is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which Rocky Horror is another episode we should do at another time. Uh, look. Definitely. Um, we'll do it but, towards October. Sh- yeah, they're p- good plan. October is only going to be spooky stuff on this channel. Um, might even take a break from Fortnite. No, probably not. That'll never happen. Um, so speaking of spooky, there's a bunch of stuff. Good. Is there a ghost behind you? What's going on? There? Are you being bothered or showtime neighbor- again? No, I, no, right. I can hear my neighbors fighting. <laughs> oh, good. Just blast some David Bowie to calm down. So, so funny. Let's skip ahead to, well, first of all, let's, let's just lay it on the line about Bowie and let's just put this out here. There, there was nobody like that guy at the time. And I would argue there has been really nobody like it. There was two people doing that. It was Pete and Bowie. Did Pete and Bowie live together? Or is that a rumor at one point? Weren't they, they were buddies at one point. There's always been a rumor that Pete, that Peter Gabriel and Bowie were buddies at one point because they both were doing the same, what? Oh, they were both doing that same thing at the same time. Of course, Bowie shot right up there as far as, I mean, let's, let's, as much as I love Genesis, Genesis that early is a little hard to market versus David Bowie. But, um, and yeah. this, the Ziggy Stardust was easier to market than, and the Spiders from Mars than Return of the Giant Hogweed. Um, yeah. but, um, there's nobody doing it. Mm. And the thing I, appreciate about David Bowie and the thing that I latch on to and love about him is that every time he did something, he was better or different. Eventually he kills off Ziggy Stardust and he's the thin white Duke. Then you get uh heathen and uh, the, you, you cut to uh metal Bowie with tin, tin machine. <laughs> then you, even when he was dying, Mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. Obviously, whenever you begin a journey, you have to end the journey. Um, he was still doing better. I, I asked Dean this because Dean and I really talk about music and I really wanted to get him on for this because he's a huge Bowie fan. Um, but I asked him just to see what his answer was. Uh, would you clarify that Bowie was better every time as the years went on? And he said, just listen to the last out two albums and you tell me. And I agree. I think Bowie with the, and you can't measure it by, sometimes you can't measure things by record sales and Bowie, you mm-hmm. can't re- re- because record sales stopped. But as far as the music, man, uh, 2013, I think it was 13 where the album just came out. Like there was no announcement. Mm-hmm. There was no fanfare. There was nothing. There was just good morning. David Bowie has a new album out. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. The next day, amazing rap album. And then the dude's dying slowly and he puts out Black Star, which again, we'll get to later. But the guy always invented himself. And you, there's a lot of people that just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Just can't I agree. do that. I agree. A lot, of, a lot of musicians try to evolve. But the key point is the word try Try. like they know they have to change so they try change and they try change and then there's other artists like a david bowie or like a prince or even like a dare i say marilyn manson who knows who naturally evolve and it's not that they plan it that 
place is they're growing as people. They're growing as musicians and they're just evolving. And it just so happens that they're evolving or evolvement right point. And it works because it's not something that they're trying to do. They're doing, if that makes sense. Why would you pipe down? I don't, I don't know what's happening there in this chat. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Uh, let me say it's still <laughs> Kevin Isaiah says it still surprises me that Trent Reznor and David Bowie did anything together in the good name of Ziggy Stardust. Those neighbors better pipe down. Oh, oh, pipe down. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that all makes sense now. Um, it's halfway to Halloween. Do it now. I don't want to. I don't have the suit to do it now. I'm not going to half ass it on Halloween, Danny. You out of your I mind? Mean- to an extent, I do agree with the Trent Reznor, David Bowie thing. It's a, it was a collaboration that I never thought I would see happen. And yet, in the same respect, it was like, okay, I can see why it's happening. So, yeah, it made perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Trent Reznor, he's like a hidden musical genius, you know? And to work with someone that was already a genius in his own right, it makes sense. Years later, he's still paying tribute to David. Um, you haven't seen it yet, but in fairness, there's things that you've told me to watch that you I haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to be mad at you. But Watchmen, there is a the pivotal moment that sets up the last two episodes at the end of the sec the third to last, mm-hmm. the episode before the penultimate episode. There is a moment where you get your an- question answered. You get the question answered. And underneath it, the thing that lets you know it's happening is underneath it is a Trent Reznor, Atticus, Atticus Ross rewrite cover of Life on Mars. There's no mm-hmm. words. There's no words. It's just instrumental. And I still get chills thinking about it because in that moment, you're like, wait, is it hit? And then you hear, and you're like, oh, fucking. Huh. All right. And that version is beautiful that version is beautiful i will also say that i think david bowie is one of the not one of the few artists because in protest is in music but um i don't think people understand even in character what he stood for and what he was singing about even later in his career, uh, if you notice on my Twitter feed, every time, which is every day now, there is a mass shooting. I play the David Bowie song, Valentine's Day. And I had somebody ask me, I'm like, why do you keep posting this? I'm like, watch the music video and you tell me what that song's about. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, I, I, there's a personal thing with Bowie uh, in the late 70s where he, he basically recorded a Philly Soul Records. Yep. Hey, all right. Recorded it in Sigma Sound. Uh, Luther Vandross is on that album. Like, mm-hmm. just entranced in the area. Like, other, we talked about, you know, another English fan where Philly was like them. <laughs> Bowie, mm-hmm. Philly was one of them in, in, with Bowie. It was Philly. So I'm proud about that. But, um, I think when the world finally burns up, there's going to be very few things that stand the test of time. And I think Bowie's music will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it, uh, and anyone 
one of his songs can correlate to anything in time. Like, I mean, I've grown to dislike the song because it got covered so much after his passing as if it was the only fucking song he ever made. But, like, the song Heroes. You're going to do it? Sorry. It can be, you know, it's something that can stand the test of time and be be used for anything inspirational from here on out it, it, it there's no time frame for it but jesus fucking christ that song you know it's so. funny you mentioned heroes um i've not seen one full episode of stranger things me neither okay just haven't gotten around to it don't want to i will eventually but right, I just don't want to now. But ironically, there are two episodes I've seen parts of. So they're big spoilers. And I don't care. I'll enjoy it some other time. And both episodes is when Peter Gabriel's cover of Heroes was being used. And I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I have spent zero time with these characters Zero time invested learning what's going on, but those moments were so emotionally powerful with that song. And I know it was another guy singing it that I was a puddle watching these scenes. Two of the pivotal moments in the show in the first season and at the very end of the last season, that song is playing. And I was just sitting there going, (laughs) just ugly crying. Um, the overplay can kill any song, and that is true. Yeah. Um, the only other time, just to sidetrack, the only other time that I have cried that much of something I have not spent time on is an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> where <laughs> Do you watch Doctor Who? No, I don't. Okay, so there's a moment. What's the character's name on the beach? Who is it? The girl. Rose? Rose and the doctor are trying to say goodbye and she just wants him to say, I love you back and you won't do it. And he regenerates, right? He dies. And I'm sitting there because it was on a countdown list of the saddest scenes in British television history. And this is like number one. And I'm sitting there watching it and I'm just crying from the back of my throat. going, You just say it, you son of a bitch. Tell her you love her. Then I get to find out that he has to have to relive it all over again later. And I'm just like, I will never watch this. Fuck him. He couldn't say hello. I mean, he's going to hell. I'm glad he's dead. Uh, that era of the Doctor Who was great. But yes, th- those moments of it, it was a Bowie song. It was a Bowie song. Bowie helped a lot of people find themselves as a teenager. A, the music does that for a lot of people. That happened to coincide mm-hmm. with the same summer and I accidentally uh, 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 discovered Rocky Horror on VH1 at one, one in the morning. Like, I'm not even making that up. It was, boom, boom. It's like, all right. No, 
it's funny. It's really funny because that's how I learned about Rocky Horror Picture Show too. VH1, VH1 would play it. Yeah. No shit. That is how I uh, first like really discovered it was VH1. And they would play it at midnight on Halloween sometimes or sometimes the day before. So one year I was like, fuck it, I'm finally gonna watch this. And yeah, it was the same experience. I was lucky to get in one live theater showing of it at the Harwain in Collingswood, New Jersey before they tore the the theater down. Uh-huh. So uh, you know another story for another time but um every weekend at the montclair when i was a teenager there you go there you go those theaters don't exist anymore um so i guess we could talk about music itself what um what are your favorite but david bowie songs and what do they mean to you oh my god okay we should have come up with a format because we could we could stop we should have. um my absolute 110 percent favorites is rebel rebel hands down followed very closely with life on mars life on mars is so good <laughs> life on mars is and so this good. is me not counting it is this is me, me not counting the labyrinth soundtrack because everything on that is just amazing um you know come 80s modern love and China Girl top it for me. That song would never get made in me these days. No, yeah. you can't. No, can't do can't do that it, anymore. It's going it's on the like, playlist though. It, I, when I was watching a do, uh, like a documentary made about him from that time period when he was mixing the soul and you know that all the all of that they talked about you know creating the riff for china girl and all that i'm sitting here like this is so great this is so amazing but like i heard it in like they play that video on mtv classic constantly so i think it was sometime a few months ago a few months ago it it came on and for some reason i actually had decided to sit and watch the video and really, like, and I'm like, this is so. It's not racist, but it would never no. get made these days without those accusations. Well, he already had enough of those. Um, uh-huh. It's a great song, though. Um, it is. Kev Isaiah says, "I can see how Rebel Rebel is Foxy's favorite." Which it I makes wonder, sense, doesn't it? Can't imagine why. <laughs> Another Philly yeah. connection, this, the video for Modern Love was filmed at the Spectrum. Was it really? That's inside the Philadelphia Spectrum. No shit. I didn't yep. know Yep. Yep. Uh, oh. It's weird because I have two favorite. I, I will put. I will say two, and they're both later. Mm-hmm. It's just weirdly weird to say that because, you know, I, I said at the beginning, it's like, you know, you can't account for record sales or how good something is mm-hmm. when the, the business changed and this is certainly one of those examples, but both of mine happened after 2000. Uh, the lo- the luckiest guy okay. from reality. Mm-hmm. And where are we now from the next day? You can't write a better song than those. Especially where <laughs> are we now? Especially where are we now? So good. Music video. So good. And there's nothing to that music video. Very simple, but it's so good. Um, 
I want to touch upon the actor David Bowie. Let's. I would also like to touch, touch upon, upon the actor David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. Well, agree to disagree. So only if he was in the Jareth Goblin King costume, maybe, but like, I wouldn't. Well, fair. Well, I mean. Listen, it's just this big, huge package and him playing with crystal balls the entire time. You what know, is there to complain about? I didn't no, I never noticed the package until at least I was in my twenties. And of all the people to fucking point it out to me, it was my husband's. That yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm like, damn uh-huh. it, man. That's all I could look at now. Yes, David Bowie. That's all you look at now? Well, we need to talk to you I about left. things off off air. <laughs> David Bowie randomly in Zoolander was awesome. That was awesome. Oh my god, yes. Yes, it was. He is great uh, as uh, Tesla in The Prestige. He's great in everything. He's got a bit role. I say a bit role. Not a bit role. It's a Technically, it's a cameo in, one, in the Twin Peaks movie. Firewalk. Does he really? With me. Yes, he's in Firewalk with me, and it's it works so well because he's doing this southern accent, which is not great, but works because it's in the world of David Lynch. <laughs> but he's good, and he's only in it for three minutes. He said it for three minutes, but it's awesome. Have you ever seen the movie? Um. Why am I blanking on it now? He's the alien. Why am I blanking on the name of this damn movie? It's like the movie he acted in when he was really young. Man Who Fell to Earth. I haven't seen that in years. I have never seen I've never been able to see it. Never been able to see it. But. There's the other one he did. I can't remember the name of it. He right, was like up, a vampire. Let's look up David Bowie. <laughs> Filmography. <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's de- let's dive. Uh, okay, while you're doing that favorite uh, music video. Oh, favorite music. Uh, let me put you on the spot here. I mean, I know. No, it's fine. Mm. I just. I'm not entirely sure if I have a favorite music video. Okay, no, I'm wrong. I do. Ashes to Ashes. Being a Wizard of Oz fan, love Ashes to Ashes. Thankfully, they play that one a lot on MTV Classic, too. So I'm like, yay! Oh, Jerry and Danny were saying it. The Hunger. He plays Vampire in The Hunger. Yes, The Hunger. I couldn't remember if it was Hunger or like The Thirst or something. Uh, he's very good in the Ruttles sequel. If nobody knows the Ruttles, I'll explain it some other time. Uh, God, he's in a lot of stuff, too. Oh, he God. Is. Oh, my God. Pontius Pilate in The Last Temptation of Christ. He plays the dude that tells Jesus, I got to kill you. <laughs> I got to kill you. You got to die, dude. You're giving the people hope. And we can't have that. You must die. And it's an amazing scene. For those who don't know The Last Temptation of Christ, Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Peter Gabriel does the soundtrack. 
David Bowie plays the guy that condemns Jesus to death, Pontius, Pontius Pilate, and he's stellar. He's stellar in that movie. He almost steals the scene if Willem Dafoe was so goddamn good. And I am not a religious man. In my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, um, I I put that along mythology. Uh, I know Jesus existed as a person. The rest of it, I put alongside mythology. That is just my opinion. However, I really love the hell out of that movie. You said you didn't like it very much. No, I said I, I've I've never watched a uh, religion based movie or Bible based movie in my entire life. One. I think that's the only one because it was directed by Scorsese. That sounds really good. Like that sounds really, really good. good. That's Temptation of Christ is a fantastic movie. I might Damn. watch it after this. It's just fantastic. It's directed by Scorsese. So mm-hmm. it's 80 Scorsese, so you could just say, well, it's not going to suck at least. And just work your way up from there. It blows you. I remember when I, it blows you. It blows you away. I'm glad I should finish that set. <laughs> um, I remember seeing it for the fir- first time going, huh, all right. Uh, oh. Maddie, Maddie Jones in here is saying, hi, Jabba. Oh, boy. Uh, Ashes to Ashes, my favorite Bowie song, also easy to karaoke. Yes, it is. Uh, there was a Ruttles sequel. There was a Ruttles sequel. The Ruttles is a parody of the Beatles that was written and conceived by Eric Idle and um, Neil Ennis. Uh, Neil Ennis, uh, the guy who you ever see Holy Grail? Roger Python, the Holy Grail. Uh, you're fired. For I know what it is. I know what it is, but I've never seen it. He's one of the guys doing the coconuts. Okay, <laughs> I've seen clips. <laughs> Um, but it's very well done. The first one's got like Gilda Radner. Anybody who's a comedian or comedian is in the first one. Very well done documentary style uh, movie about a fake band that doesn't exist. In fact, George Harrison co-produced that movie. Uh, uh-huh. And in 2002, there was a sequel. And uh, I've only seen it once years and years and years ago. But um, yeah, he's really good at anything he does. He, he really was. Uh, um, yeah, before we go any further, I just want to say my favorite music video is Black Star. I'm just going to put it out was there. Was it really? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I will sit there in the kitchen and sing it and mock the characters in the video standing here alone in my kitchen. Go, wow, there are way too many people there at WrestleMania. Holy shit. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, here comes the speech by We did it. We risked all your lives to put the first show on outside. Ah! Gotcha, Pally. Anyway, um, but Black Star is is mine. That's a fantastic. I, I will say the second one for '80s reasons is "Loving the Alien." Mm. I just, it's just a silly video, but I really like that one. "Ashes to Ashes" is its own. Um, I like that song for different reasons. The video is less so, but the the video is pretty awesome. But just that it's a companion piece about Major Tom. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, will that be in your uh, list? We'll get to that later. Anyway, Labyrinth. The Labyrinth is a deep, deep thing for you, actually. Yeah, it is. I mean, it. I feel like I get imposter syndrome sometimes when talking about David Bowie. Go to is always Labyrinth, but like, you like Labyrinth, what you like. Is such a huge part. Yeah, 
And it was such a huge part of me growing up because, you know, it featured music, which I loved. I was a huge lover of Jim Henson and fantasy. So it like was really a big thing for me. Damn near obsessed till this very day. I've over the years, other than like all the new merch that they've released, I've collected a bunch of 80s products about Labyrinth that I was never able to get as a kid. Like I have these picture books from the 80s about Labyrinth. And like I have the old, uh, what was it? Like, storybook. They made an actual storybook based on the movie with the illustrations. Like I have it all, but the music in that doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. The love song As the World Falls Down is such a beautiful, heart-wrenching song. And, you know, the main track, Underground, like, you know, everyone thinks, oh, Dance Magic Dance and Power of the Babe. And it's like, yes, it's there, but there's so much more depth in the other tracks that just don't get enough credit and when you get the album, which I have on CD, cassette, <laughs> and vinyl, <laughs> even the musical interpretations that go in between the songs by Trevor Jones, everything fits. You can listen to that entire album and have it tell a story to you if you've never even heard of Labyrinth, if you've never seen the movie. And it doesn't get the credit it deserves as music because everyone just thinks Goblin King and Big Crotch and, oh, it's, you know, what's that thing that they call Stockholm Syndrome? And it's, it's oh, yeah. a movie about, you know, a woman, a girl and her womanhood. It's like, no, how about it's just a movie with, like, a really hot lead character? And he also and has a big crotch in it. He does. But... Also. <laughs> I mean, come on. And that's why I've always been so uh aggressive i guess you could say whenever they talk about making remaking it not because it's gonna destroy my childhood but because there's a magic to that movie to the music and to everything about it that cannot ever come close to a remake or well, a first of all you have like everybody that. involved with it is dead so all the except creative well except no i mean i meant like movie making wise well, not not actor, not actor wise. Well, I mean, Brian Henson's alive, but Jim's gone. Well, so, um, Bowie's uh, gone. Go ahead. Just call it. Um, uh, I forgot his first name, but uh, the son of the Frouds, who actually created everything. He he actually played Toby, the baby. Oh, I didn't know that. The baby who so played Toby. Yeah, he he is the son of the Frouds, Brian Froud and his wife. Well, his name is created- Toby. Toby Froud. Yeah, they created the imagery and all the illustrations for what um, the puppets and the backgrounds and the fairies were going to be. He worked on he worked on the uh, the Netflix series uh, uh, Dark Crystal, the age whatever the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. He's, so yeah, okay, well, all right, yeah. well, never mind then. You got the son <laughs> ofs, everybody. Is Duncan Jones yeah. available? Oh, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Warcraft Warcraft was a failure, but it is a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Failure so it, in quotation. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So if you get 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 Duncan in there. Yeah. Just saying. His name is Duncan, right? I think so. Yeah. 
Which, you know what? It took me about two months of watching that um, trailer on TV to go, Duncan Jones. Oh, 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 wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, because, you know, his name's Jones, guys. His name's Davy Jones. And, you know, why he didn't use Davy Jones? Because of the goddamn monkeys. He tells a funny, he tells a funny story on Conan where he was going to try Tom Jones, but he couldn't do that either. Oh, God. That is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess the magic could. T- what if they did like a companion movie, kind of like she gets, she has to go back. Um, maybe but I who- had this whole, whole like years ago. I actually wrote. It's the Goblin Queen. Like a- it's it's Iman. <gasps> That'd be nice. That'd Sorry, be I had to interrupt you because it just popped in my head. I was like, wait, the Goblin Queen. It's Iman. It's his. It's 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 his wife. Yeah, that'd I be beautiful. There, I solved it. Everything will be fine. <laughs> no, actually, years, 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 years ago, after wrestling, when I was pursuing writing more, I actually did write um, like a labyrinth sequel, yet not a sequel, more like a spinoff, where it dealt with you know, you know, the whole world of the labyrinth and the same characters, and the whole thing with it was that he was always trying to find a. Sarah, not the Sarah, but just uh, uh, yeah, Sarah. sure, yeah. But in in my version, it became horrifying, and yet hot as, as it a, would. I have a mind. It was like horrifying and hot, and no, send me that story over because I could use some material. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's glorified. It's 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 it's, it's fan fiction. Whatever. I wrote fan. Oh my god, I wrote fan fiction. Yeah, you did. Holy shit! Apparently, it's hot. So if you could, you know. Like I said. Yeah, but that's all. I mean, technically, isn't that what fan fiction is? When you take the characters you love and you make them boink? I mean. Yeah, well, Star Trek fans did it with Spock and Kirk all the time, which, no thanks. Picard and, <laughs> Picard and Q, though. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <coughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Uh, you? If you could have been in this living room when that trailer dropped for Picard season two. And I was watching going, well, it's a teaser trailer. It's not going to show me much, except it showed us the guy that's going to be in the... And I stood in this living room and he screamed alone, it's fucking Q! <laughs> All right. You're Send so me cute. back up. I try. You're it's cute. all here. It's all here. All right. Well, uh, Labyrinth Beyond, and speaking of fan fiction, this is a great segue. Uh, what what a lot of people don't know, and I'm not talking cover songs here, but a lot of people did make songs about David Bowie, but not necessarily a cover song, which I can understand if you're a little bit confused here. The best example that I can give for the others, you will have to check out the playlist that we create after this. <laughs> but the biggest example that I can give is in the 90s, there was a chick band called Veruca Salt. And in their sophomore album, Eight Arms to Hold You, track number seven, holy shit, I remember this, track number seven is a song called With David Bowie, which is literally about her as a younger child walking to and from school or places with her headphones on listening to David Bowie. And that's her inspiration to then start writing and create her bands. I know that. Lisa, 
if I think, yeah, it was uh, Nina Gordon who sang and wrote the song because there were two females in the back. There was Nina and then there was Louise. <laughs> I, I like I, salt. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that at all. Yes, it's a great, great song. <laughs> I'm sorry, Damien just texted me. He's texting me live updates. Oh. Just as the show started already, they announced they got a pause because of the yeah, weather. Weather update. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah, everybody's yes. everybody's leaving. Could only could only happen to WWE. Anyway. And on the third day, Jesus said. <laughs> <laughs> on the third day, Jesus said, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh there was Again, I'm only giving two examples for any other examples of what I speak of. You have to listen to the companion playlist that we will be creating after the show. But of all the bands, the band's Power Man 5000 also has one I called that, David Fucking Bowie. Yeah, and that's actually the title, David Fucking, fucking Bowie, Bowie, which yeah, is no. an entire song about David Fucking Bowie. Bowie. And it is great. No, so I, I completely, I actually, I completely understand that Power Man 5000 uh, would do that because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for those who don't know, Power Man 5000 is uh, fronted by the brother of Rob Zombie. Exactly. So they are out of their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Wrestling rain delay. I love the show so much. <laughs> This is why I told everybody to listen to us instead. Good. Yes, but yeah, David Bowie. David Bowie is such an influence that people not only cover his songs but write songs about him. How many artists? How many musical artists have songs literally written about them? Not a song alluding to them, where you sit here and think, "Well, yeah, maybe that's about him." Like filters. Hey man, nice shot. It's supposedly about Kurt Cobain, but neither. But it's not confirmed. We don't know. No, there are songs literally about David Bowie by name. How not many? many. Not, not many. Not two, three. Uh, on the other side of that, um, there are bands that have been endorsed. Uh, I will say physically, verbally by David Bowie. Now the shirt I'm wearing today, I wore on purpose. This was on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it before, but we can go more into it uh, a little bit later uh, when we talk about Black Star and the end. Um, but David loved Arcade Fire. Uh, he did that VH1 honors thing where he, after he had retired from touring, there's that VH1 fashion honor. Well, I forget the name of the show, but he performed with mm-hmm. a band on stage and he picked Arcade Fire. Like, I want them. Uh, when they were doing their album Reflector, but we visited the studio while they were putting finishing touches on the song Reflect, the title track, and very famously or infamously told the band that if you don't finish the song, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. He, he's on the track too. Mm. He's on it. He's on it at the end of it. He doesn't sing much, but and, and you know how good my ears are. And and I was so when that video debuted, I watched it with Kelly, and I'm so like involved trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this video because it's kind of nuts, subtly nuts. It's a lot going mm. on, but it's not that much. It's all black and white. But you hear this voice. Thought you'd bring to the resurrector. Turns out it was just a reflector. 
And I'm like, eh. and she goes, it's Bowie. I'm like, no, it's not. I had to rewind it. <laughs> I had to rewind that shit. I'm like, oh, it's David. It's totally David. <laughs> I am very happy you brought up Arcade Fire, actually. Oh, good. Because you do mention them a bit. Every now and, so, I, every now and then. Yeah. And I've never heard of any of their tracks. How dare you? So I need you to send me some shit to listen to. Okay. Them. Done. Done. Um, but also on that side of things, I wanted to bring up, because you were mentioning songs that people writ- wrote for David Bowie, I want to bring up uh, songs that he covered of other bands that are better. Mm. Go right and, ahead. And I know the first one is kind of blasphemous, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's um, Across the Universe. Which was originally done by the Beatles. And his version is so good. It's so much better than the Beatles. And I guess it's kind of unfair to say that. It's different. It's totally different. Across the Universe is a very acoustic number with an orchestra. John Lennon lead singing and background singing. There's not a lot to it, but it's a beautiful song. Bowie's version is just this slow rocker. Mm. It's totally Bowie. Words are flowing out. He totally does the the Bowie thing on the track, and I prefer. I love the song. It helped that he was recording it with John Lennon, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's also, by the way, I only, I only, I'm ashamed of this. Just a side note. Only found out last year that John Lennon's on the song Fame. Is he? Yes, he's playing guitar. He's playing guitar, and he's the one going fame throughout huh. the whole track. Is Bowie would go fame, and the guy going fame yeah. is John Lennon. And at the end, where you hear the fame, 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 yeah. it goes real low, real low, real, real low, and then back up, and yeah. then that's John. No shit. Yeah. Huh. So when you listen to it, when you, their voices are very similar, it's actually yeah. very similar. So when you hear it now, if you look up the isolated version of Fame, at the end you'll go, that's fucking John Lennon. Holy shit. Uh, Ironically, it was on the album that he recorded The Sickness Sound. I'm just saying. Um, But there's another song I prefer from a band I love. And it's the Pink Floyd. I say the Pink Floyd because they were actually at one point called the Pink Floyd. Uh, but Pink Floyd, he covered an early song. From, this song is not even on an album. This song was their first single from 68 called Siamily Play. And Bowie recorded it on. Um, uh, I actually forgot the the song, the album it's on. I'll look it up in a second, but I'd much rather listen to Bowie's version. Bowie's version blows the Pink Floyd version out of the water. Pink, early Pink Floyd is very hard because to get into because it's very it's psychedelic. Yeah, it's. You know, it's Sid Barrett taking a Zippo lighter and running it across the strings of his guitar and jamming for half hour while Roger Waters plays three bass notes, and 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 Nick Mason plays the same um, drum beat for twenty minutes because he could because he's a goddamn machine, and Rick Wright noodles on the keyboards and the Hammond organ, um, and Bowie's version is spectacular. And just as an honorable mention. And then please take over. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. No, it's okay. Um, he covered, and it's on one of his live uh, videos after John Lennon was murdered. He covered Imagine Live. 
Uh, and did a whole speech about John before the show. And I believe it's from one of his, uh, I, th- I believe it's live in Japan and it's a great, it's a great version. Is it better? Uh, no, I don't know if it's better, but it is a great version. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, no, I could, I could see Bowie making any song great. Cause even in his fun songs, he had such, he added his soul to it and you yeah. could hear like, like I said, even in the fun songs like Modern Love or Fashion, it's like lyrics he wrote, he believed in the words that he wrote and he sang with that belief. And there's always so much passion in what he sang. Again, it, whether it was something as deep as Life on Mars or this silly fame and fashion or, you know, it's like there was always that depth. He added a depth to it. So I am not surprised that he would make things better that were already made by uh you know icons in their own right see i'm an idiot here's why i'm an idiot see emily plays from his cover album (laughs) pinups stupid so stupid nah um But yes, I will. I will take that. Watching the stadium empty is hilarious to me. Um, I will take. Uh, I have no sympathy or sorrow for wrestling after the last twenty-four hours right now. So, anyway, next topic. Well, we're gonna wrap up this episode with the unfortunate everything. You can, you can't even say passing because that's not the right word. He ascended. Yes. Let Thank me you. just say this. I know it's a meme, but <laughs> you ever notice that the world went to shit after he died? I know it's a meme now, but do you ever sit yes. back and think about that for a second and go, huh? Yeah. A little bit. I, I Yeah. Let me and tell I you about where Prince went to. Like, it was a domino effect. Let me tell you how I'm going to be when certain members of another English band go inconsolable for weeks. Don't even talk to me. Um. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You know, I get it because when the queen of pop, yeah, mm, no. Yeah, <laughs> so let's let's talk about that night because I was awake. Yeah, this is my you know this what? is my this is my experience. Go ahead. I'm up playing something online. I don't remember. I'm playing a video game. For hours, just uh, Kelly's asleep. I'm up by myself. It's whatever time it was around here. It was one, two, or three. I don't remember. It's all a blur now. But I do remember sitting there playing, and something said that I hadn't touched my phone like an hour or so. Something said, check your phone. Open the phone, and that's all it was. It was notifications from friends going, David's gone. And I haven't, I didn't cry for David Bowie, but, and I'm not me. I don't mean that as like, I didn't cry for him. Screw you if you did. I mean, it was kind of like, well, first of all, I was like, is he allowed to die? I don't think he's allowed. Uh, (laughs) Pretty sure it's against the rules and I don't make the rules, but I'm pretty sure that that's one of those rules. Um, denial? I don't know. It was just one of those lar- he was larger than life. Mm-hmm. Just was. The pr- his presence was uh, the dude opened the door and shit. 
Hello, Mr. Bowie. Um, but it was one of those things where I thought it was so important that I needed to wake Kelly up. And I didn't, but I, I stood in the hallway for 20 minutes mm. reading the phone. It's like, it's, do I wake her up? This is David fucking Bowie. Do I? And I didn't. But I sat there and I, was st- I stayed up all night just going through the entire discography that I had. And that's most of it. <laughs> um, so that was my experience with him dying. It was kind of a like this. I, and I, we know he's human. Prefaces that we're not stupid. But in, our, in my mind, this other being that visited us for a time gave us some magic and was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I know the shit's about to get bad. I'm out of here and left. <laughs> but he left us with a gift, which we'll talk about in a yeah. second. That was, we'll talk about the album separately, but that was my experience. It was one of those, you got it. Something nudged you. Something in the universe, in the universe went, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. And uh, life hasn't really been the same since, really. Hmm. I mean, like I like I said, I I joke yet not joke of the fact that I'm dead inside because there are so many moments that happen in life that you're supposed to feel such immense emotion for that you're like overcome with joy to the point where you cry or like so tragic that you cry. And I never really hit those points except for like when my father died. Yeah, but, I understand. And yeah, I so, and let me preface this. I have not experienced a parent going. I, I watched my stepfather die in front of me. I watched them mm-hmm. work work a code on him. Um, but I, <laughs> right now, my parents are here. So yeah. all I can equate to it is, is this moment in that way. Yeah. You know I mean? No, Sorry. I get it. No, it's fine. But I was yeah, trying so to David in, tell you the impact of losing a parent. Uh, I was asleep. So I didn't get the nighttime uh, messages. It was what I woke up to on my phone. Because I would wake up before everybody for school and such. Believe it or not, Damien was home from work that day. Because I woke up at 6, set of the coffee sat back down before waking everyone up and Cole was a tiny little baby at the point and I picked up my phone like I always do and my phone was flooded with notifications from every single person that knew me some people I hadn't spoken to in years telling me oh my god David Bowie died and I'm like the fuck (laughs) so yeah I looked through all the notifications and I looked through all the articles because I'm like I know you're lying and it was true. <laughs> no, we're not. So, you know, when Damien woke up, he was like, what the hell is wrong? Because I was so blank. And I told him, I was like, oh, apparently uh, David Bowie died. And it didn't make me cry until later that weekend. Because Labyrinth was on. Ugh. Now, mind you, I can only watch, I, I can't watch the movie like I used to. I used to watch it on repeat constantly. Now sure. I watch it maybe once a year and I can't watch it with a straight face, even though I still yell at the TV screen at a certain point, Sarah, every time, like, like it's Rocky horror. But I, I, I do remember that, that 
his death further spiraled me because I didn't know that I was having postpartum depression at the time. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't know. Or I did know and I was just in denial. I thought it was just regular depression. No, I was having postpartum depression. Yeah. From like the third kid. And his death just made me spiral completely for months on end. Like it was bad. But the one shining grace of his death was the track Lazarus from Black Star. Because I would listen to that song on repeat while I was taking my baths because it was the only time I would get quiet and it would stop my there's really no way to put it nicely. It would stop the suicidal thoughts. Oh yeah. No, I know what you mean. You know? So while his death like sent me down places I never want to go down again, what he gave us after the death kept me from going further down. This way or no way, you know I'll be free. Just like yeah. that bluebird, you know I'll be free. Ain't that just like me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah. The music video didn't help either. Oh, my God, no. And here's an even funner fact. Nobody knew about that until this show. Except for Damien. Oh, yeah, well, I was when I had a mental breakdown, I told him. Yeah. <laughs> it's all David Bowie's fault, you piece of shit. <laughs> what the fuck did I do? Fuck off! <laughs> Yeah. No, they. I remember because it's a weird thing because I think Black Star came out in November. The video, the mm-hmm. the single was released ahead of the album, and there was that nine minute video, which was just a mind fucking a half. Mm-hmm. Which is weird to say because it's like, why well, is David Bowie still mind fucking us in 2015? Because he, he can. Because mm-hmm. he uh, can. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't like this. And I'm like, well, you're incorrect. That's amazing. <laughs> So it's goddamn amazing, I, I, you know, the, and and of course, me as a drummer, not knowing he was dying, was all focused on where that drummer is. I need more of that because that's a mm-hmm. great drum, and I've yet to figure out the pattern because it's just eccentric and crazy as hell. The saxophone <laughs> is note perfect in that song, and the music video just—I think I watched that for about a week, twice a day. Going, what are you telling me, dude? Because Bowie, you know, people are like, just enjoy the music. Bowie always had a message. There's a thing about Bowie. Mm -hmm. The dude was singing about what was going on in his life every time. Station to Station is in the middle of a drug breakdown. Mm -hmm. That dude is singing out what he's talking, what he's feeling and dealing with. Uh, Ziggy Stardust, big huge coming out thing. Don't know if you noticed that. Speaking of finding your way. Um. The dude was autobiographical. It's funny because we were watching. Uh, I was watching a video last night about Francis Ford Coppola, and somebody did a video essay on him, and pointed out that all his stuff is kind of by by uh, autobiographical. Yeah, it's a fa- it's a family business, and everything was what was going on with him in his life. Mm-hmm. Just being on screen. That musicians do that all the time, but Bowie was not even nailing the hammer on the head. He was putting it in in one shot. 
boom. Yeah. Here comes Black Star, and we find out months later that not only we was sick, that he was gone. And then you look back retrospectively, and you go, "Oh, gotcha." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And then Lazarus like, I don't remember. That's where it starts to blur because I don't. Lazarus came out, I think, the day the album came out. Yeah. Uh, no. I can't Lazarus, remember. I can't remember now. Lazarus. Anymore. Lazarus had came out. If I'm right. Excuse the me. day the video came out, the day after he passed. It was the day after, right? Yes, because I remember sitting there watching the world premiere video of it. Obviously, Going. with Damien, and I looked at him. I was like, he fucking knew. <laughs> knew he was done. Like, oh my god! But even just like the timing of the video release, it just had this like transcendent thing of he knew when to drop this because he. I, I'm a firm believer that you, when you know, you know. But like, I think he knew to the date because oh, it knew. was all just so fucking perfect, freaky. Yeah. <laughs> you know and then, if I'm right, album dropped the day after the music video. Yeah, yeah, it was it was like day after. Mm-hmm. Um, this, no, I know it's it's January seventh, two thousand sixteen. I just can't remember when the single came out because the single came out for the album, and I can't remember the album came out the day after or before. Very um, shortly after. Um. Funny enough, though, I was never really sad about it in that way. Mm-hmm. You had your you had other re- you you had other yeah. shit going on, um, but. I almost like he was a messenger and the message was received and it's like hey, here's one last thing I gotta go now. Um I got the dates. Yeah, please yeah, thank you. The Do al- it. The album and video released on the same date, which was January eighth, to coincide with his birthday. Thank you. Because I was gonna say he did like, like three days before his birthday or something weird like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. A happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's whenever I know I don't get sad. Mm-hmm. This is I, I think of. Um, well, my own family members that have died for the same thing, and I'm like, I'm not crying over this, but I keep in my head seeing that picture the day before in New York, smiling, laughing on the street in New York. That he had those pictures taken. I'm like, you know, everything was just fucking fine. Mm-hmm. Some people don't get that. Um, recognition mm-hmm. you know yeah so that's why it wasn't like oh god but um yeah that, that i i still will watch those videos and look for signs you know because black star at the beginning you got the the allusion to major tom again which would be the third reference to him in a music video with the empty spacesuit and uh the demon creature She's hot, by the way. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the unibrow. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Um, yeah. So it's just you know what he was doing. Everything he did was deliberate, by the way. Absolutely. Everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should close this out by saying I'm going to put you on the spot here. So this might take you a second. What is your favorite lyric? What is the lyric that means the most to you? Oh. 
I did this on purpose for the record. And it could be lines. I don't mean a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) You suck. I'll go. I'll go. Go ahead. And it's from, and I already mentioned the songs from Where Are We Now? And I'm not going to repeat them because the lines repeat, but I thought if this is how it ended, this would have been perfect. As long as there's sun, as long as there's rain, as long as there's fire, as long as there's me, as long as there's you. All right, now I might cry because I really like this. Okay. <laughs> See, I had to pull them up because I couldn't remember them off the top of my head when they're on the spot. It's kind of like, you know, you go to karaoke and you go to select the song you you know by heart to sing, but the minute you get up there, you're like, oh, wait, wait. How I mean, I hit, it, I hit it every time. Yeah. Ugh. All right. This might come as no surprise. I'm going to be real shocked on this one, aren't I? Yeah, I know. Uh, Favorite set of lyrics, which I actually contemplated getting tattooed on me at point. Uh, As the pain sweeps through, it makes no sense to you. Every thrill is gone. It wasn't too much fun at all. And that's from As the World Falls Down from labyrinth I, I first of all i knew it was gonna be labyrinth but i wasn't really i was just like i thought you're gonna go dance magic dance no, i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm totally kidding <laughs> I'm see I, I was gonna get that tattooed on me but i'm like yeah. that's really long so one day i am gonna get a david bowie labyrinth tattoo on me i have the right spot and everything and uh no no my arm is set for something else oh uh what am i what was i gonna get oh i was gonna get uh Love me, fear me, do as I say. Oh, yes, there you go. (laughs) That is a panty dropper of a line. Uh, Yes, daddy. (sighs) And and that's usually the part, that whole end scene, that's where my Rocky Horror part comes out because I try to resist it, but I'm watching it. And then Sarah turns around and she says, you have no power over me. Sarah, you stupid bitch. You stupid bitch, yes. Those are exact every time without fail. Like, you stupid bitch. That's what I and say. Damien laughs. Damien laughs at me every time because he knows I try to resist saying oh, God, You stupid <laughs> fucking bitch, go! <laughs> What's wrong with you? God, I'll do it. Move! Right? Um, You want the kid? Okay. Yeah, take, take the, the kid. Thing. I don't care about this kid. Sorry. I'll see you later. <laughs> You can have the kids. So you have kids. You can be sorry. I don't have kids. I don't give a shit. Here's the baby. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but it was her stepbrother. Do you know how many times as a kid I tried that with my little brother? You know how many times I tried it On now? fact, it didn't work. How many times <laughs> I tried to do it now? Yeah, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. I've tried a lot. I also tried knocking on a door three times that I would write on chalk in my room. That didn't work either. Movies lie. Movies are bullshit. They, they are bullshit. They lie. I, that proton gun doesn't shoot any ghost. just makes noise. That's a bunch of bullshit. What? I know. That is bullshit. Yeah. This is why I'm friends with you. Yeah. Oh, is that why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, wrestling side note, I just want to say Titus O'Neil is a better man than I am working next to that guy. Preach. Preach. I think that is good for our first episode of Icon. Um, I do think we should revisit 
uh, our next icon episode, we will have a uh, outline. But it, yes. it turned out okay. It was just two nerds, David Bowie nerds, talking about David Bowie. Let me just That's say, let me just say that he left a lasting impact in my life. Yeah, that's your that's your cue for the outro. All right. Thank you guys for checking out episode four of Manic Mixtape, the first of many in our icon series, which featured this time around David Bowie. Uh, check us out again a week from now, live on Twitch with Manic Mixtape episode five or six. Who knows how this will go? Uh, on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash danlaw83. If you are watching the replay of this on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe so that you will be notified of when the next episode drops. If you want to continue watching us live, be sure to sub on Twitch. And we're always here, nerding out over music. If you would like to follow us on our social media platforms, you can find me at Viva Foxy Foxy. That's V-I-V-A-F-O-X-Y-F-O-X-X-Y on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, Facebook and Spotify. Actually, yes, you gotta go to Spotify because we will have a companion list every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Follow me on all social media. Sorry, no, it's every episode we have features a companion playlist of all the songs either mentioned or our favorite tracks that you think you guys should listen to of whatever's mentioned in said episode. All right. So I'm gonna make it real simple. All social media platforms, Danlaw83. YouTube. <laughs> if you go, if you want to watch it later, YouTube.com. Just add the Danlaw83, or come to Twitch.tv/Danlaw83 to find me. You have to say goodbye. It's not my show. Okay. Thank you guys for checking us out. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Total Package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and 
Who could have planned? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out, WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long cold winter and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band Shades of Grey playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. Yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.